This is Chance Skowski. Hi, this is Carson Short. Hi, this is Ben Schmidt, driver of the Gibbsville Cheese 35 Sprint Car. Hey, I'm Blake Emey. Hi, this is Will Garrett. Hey, this is Bill Baylog. Hey, I'm Steve Post, the Postman with MRN and Wing Nation. Hi, this is Lauren Kelly. And it's lights out, and away we go! Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the Box Three Pod, presented by Professional hi. Plating. Tish, you said hi too early. Hi. <laughs> Tish is here. Cool. Will is here, and Trevor is here. We're all just vibing. He's oh, he's not muted right now. No, I he muted himself. Ah, uh, <laughs> I have things to say. He decided he wanted to be a part part of it. No, I only wanted to be a part of it because I remembered how much I like Tyler. Aww. That's a little sus. <laughs> a little sus. Um, so, uh, did you guys do anything? You guys do anything neat this past weekend? Absolutely yeah. not. I stayed at home. I smiled the entire time that I was in the stands <laughs> for a while while I was in races this weekend. Yeah, that uh, was. One uh, man at Plymouth. So that's. <laughs> yeah, I should probably celebrate. Did, did you get a picture? Did you take a picture no, for I your B main win? Did you, I did not. Did you pay I, a photographer to stay afterwards and take it in victory lane? Specifically lane-like? after the races. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, any, anyway. any who's? Um... Hey, me and Tish watched Brad Sweet actually almost die in front of us Saturday, and then we watched uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, he is the most forgettable name ever. The guy who got his front axle taken out at Beaver Friday. Uh, JJ Hickel. Yeah, that guy. And we watched. We watched. We watched what I thought was one of the worst wrecks I've ever seen in my life. It was, Friday. dude. Even watching it back on yeah. video was just awful. I've like, never seen a sprint car pogo stick like that. Yeah, that it was wasn't. Neat. It wasn't great. Um, no, but Will, and Will? it was completely Noah Gas's fault, right, guys? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't believe that people can see that and go, "Yes, Noah Gas caused this wreck." So honestly, so the no majority, the majority of the people on Twitter were like defending him and saying, "Like, why was Craig Kinzer's guy so mad at Noah?" And I guess, I guess that that crew guy was just that mad that Noah threw a slider on a very clean slider, by the way, on Craig into turn one. On lap oh, one. really? Yeah, and really? that's what they were mad about. They weren't mad about uh, Marcus Dumsney running over. I mean, it was a racing deal, but Marcus Dumsney hitting J.J. Hickel and then Hickel flipping and collecting Craig Kinzer and Craig getting a concussion. Oh, they were they were mad about uh, Noah Gas throwing a slider. Cleared. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, that's nice. Yeah, um, oh, yes. Sprint car drama is made entirely of sprint car drama. I just didn't, I, I don't know. I think Noah gets a lot of crap for things that he isn't responsible for you know <laughs> i mean he's a pretty funny guy if you sit and talk to him i'm not gonna lie he's a pretty nice guy too honestly yeah he's very self-aware yeah and he kind of knows his place he doesn't go out there and act like he's gonna kick brad sweet's ass every week yeah i mean you're on the outlaw too you to. yeah well yeah i mean probably <laughs> like um, in a physical fight yes on the racetrack absolutely not so but, old uh you know. old Braybank garrett's racing had an interesting weekend ah yes I, I guess so. <laughs> well, you know, Justin Miller tested the fence in three and four last week, and then uh, I guess Ty just wanted to test the fence in one and two. I honestly haven't seen the crash or anything, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't really know what to say here. Well, but bottom line, what I, my point that I was going to make was that uh, you guys fixed the car, and then he went twenty first to twelfth in the feature. He does that. That is that is factual. And then Will went seventeenth to ninth. Correct. At a boy. 
So it was like I think he, I think if we could qualify a little bit better, um, or we would have. Invert. Yeah, if we worked the invert a little bit better, um, I think we could both be in the top ten easily, pretty much every week. Is there? So I I haven't been around the MSA too much this year. Is there any talk of changing the qualifying to like award some kind of passing points or like a some kind of reward for qualifying well instead of a punishment for qualifying well? To be honest, I have no idea what's going on, and I don't know if anyone else does either. I don't know <laughs> if anybody cares. The one Honestly, time, the one doesn't time, seem like it. The one time I was there this year, Brandon McMullen seemed like the only guy that actually knew the format. He's like, the way, only guy that gives a shit. The way I see it, as long as I go out there and I go as fast as I can every time I'm out there, that's all that really matters. We, Will just wants everyone to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of people are. Um, uh. Yeah. But, uh, yes, Tish, you were very happy that your car was at home this weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later when we talk in-depth about the World of Outlaws doubleheader here at Beaver Dam Raceway. Uh, are you at Beaver Dam Raceway right now, Lauren? Am I at Beaver Dam Raceway? No. Yeah. You said here at Beaver Dam Raceway. Well, like it, here in Wisconsin. Ah, it just made it. You sound think like people you were out? If I was, if I, if people if, out of this state listen to this podcast? Do you think people in the state listen to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think Lauren said to me one time that someone out of the country like listened to it a few. Yeah, times. there's like know, less. Know. There's like they must have been so bored scrolling Spotify. <laughs> there's like less than a percent, which I don't even know how that's possible, but less than a percent of our viewership is from like Germany or something. I saw that in our like in our podcast, like you know your viewership report or whatever. I saw that. I was like, huh, that's weird. Why Germany? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if it was Germany, but it was de- it was somewhere in Europe. Uh, Germany. Do you guys know that we have a sister city. Uh, Sheboygan has a sister city in Germany. We have Maybe a sister why. city in Japan. We also have a sister city in Japan. We also really? have a sister city in Japan. I just wanted to mention the Germany one because it was you know more on topic. Oh. But I guess I'll just die. I went yeah. there. I went to the sister city. It was uh, it was like Wapan, but Japanese. Actually, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's how today's gonna go. Anywho, uh, we're gonna get right into our news, aka aggressive goes around, right after a word from our sponsor, Professional Plating Incorporated. Whether it's for motorsports or recreational items, household or manufacturing needs, Professional Plating Incorporated can meet and exceed your expectations for all of your zinc plating, e-coating, and powder coating needs. Located in Brilliant, Wisconsin, Pro Plating is a top shop in the entire USA, running production for the likes of John Deere, Harley-Davidson, and more. When you want the best quality and service, Professional Plating is where you need to be. Visit them online at www.proplating.com. Welcome back to Aggressive Goes Around, where we go around the world of motorsports in search of the hottest topics and latest news. Will, you had something you wanted to say? Yes. Uh, before I was cut off, I was going to ask you if I could, uh, if we could edit in Rick Allen saying "Aggressive Goes Around" before we go to this segment. That, or would, uh, apparently, that would be a copy, uh, copyright uh, thing. Apparently, you have never listened to this show before because that has been in here from the beginning. <laughs> 
I honestly haven't listened to this podcast in years. <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it, it it is already in there. It's it's been in. <laughs> That's gonna be it's really like, funny. It's like set to music and everything. It's really it's really nice. Aggressive goes around, and then it's gonna I'm gonna be real saying, you to NBC. And then <laughs> I'm gonna get a cease and desist in the mail. Uh, All right. Uh, Anywho, F1 was at Oh Canada this past weekend. Wow. Um, what, what was that? <laughs> buddy's Buddy's putting down those bushlight apples too a little too quick over there. Apparently. I am. They're so good. Speaking of which, ooh. It didn't. It didn't say bush as I opened it though. That was kind of disappointing. All right. Anyways, F one at Canada. We had a wet qualifying session. That was cool. Uh, did anybody watch qualifying, or was I the only? No, watch like Q three. That's it. Okay. Well, I think I didn't actually watch it. Um, but however, I went back and watched the highlights like immediately. And uh, when I pulled out my phone, we were at Beaver Dam. And I pulled out my phone and I saw that Fernando Alonso was second quick. I was like, um, what? El Plan. Yes, El Plan. Jinxie Omi and us. Um, yeah, El Plan was in full effect on Saturday. Not so much on Sunday. Um, but uh, Max Verstappen eventually came home with the Grand Prix victory on Sunday with a hard-charging Carlos Sainz in second and Lewis Hamilton back on the podium in third. And weirdly, um, after... Why is there an echo? Who's echoing? Somebody's echoing my voice in the background. That's really annoying. Anyways, um, Lewis Hamilton finished third, and somehow when he finished third, he didn't complain of any back pain. Just thought that was interesting. <laughs> Have you guys been following that? Have you guys been following that whole thing with the porpoising? No. Absolutely, I have been. So, Will, you're you're like an aerodynamics aficionado, I would yes, say. Yes, I am an aerodynamicist, Lauren. Yes. So, <laughs> what what for those people that don't know, what is this whole porpoising thing, and why is it an issue? Uh, so, porpoising. <laughs> yeah, something like a whale, like a small whale, when it like like swims through the water. It more <laughs> Oh, no, porpoising in arrow is pretty much when the the rear the, the the rear and the floor of the car stall out, and it the car comes back up off of the springs and the suspension, and then it gets sucked back down again, and it just kind of goes up and down like really fast in like a vibration sense. Um, it's just pretty much the air is working at such high speeds that it can't, the suspension cannot keep up. Um, and that is causing the cars to bottom out, and it is, I mean, wreaking havoc across the paddock. Um, you can to kind of get a sense of it in like in a DIY kind of home experiment. If you like hold the sides of a paper down, of piece of paper down, and kind of like blow underneath the paper, the paper will like vibrate like crazy, and that's exactly what porpoising is, but at 210 miles an hour. Right. And that, that was a very good explanation. I'm very proud of you for that. Well, it's like like I I understand it now because I never really I I knew it was just going like boing boing, but I never really like <laughs> like fully understood. I'm, it. I'm really glad I didn't ask Tish to explain that because he would have just been uh yes cargo boing boing. Car <laughs> <laughs> oh, is going boing boing when it's not supposed to be going boing boing, and people are complaining. Yes, for oh, those of you who understand it, like Tish. Speedy zoom zoom. Yes, the interesting thing 
is that some teams have this issue and some teams don't. And I think that's just, I mean, it's just the factor of the F1 giving teams pretty much not free reign, but a, a wide, you know, variety of regulations that they can just design the car in. And so obviously different teams have different interpretations of the regulations. So they design it all differently, but there are some teams that have it way worse than other teams. So Mercedes has it very bad. Um, and that's why Lewis Hamilton has been complaining about back pain and all kinds of different stuff. Um, and it got to the point where F1 actually had to step in and say, hey, you know, we're going to put some regulations on this whole porpoising deal and because it's unsafe. So, and I guess they, have they put those into effect? I don't know. I thought I read something about you had to have it, like, had it figured out or whatever, implement their new, like, regulating software or something by the third practice but i have no idea i guess i didn't really follow up on that i mean just in watching even just the race highlights like it seemed like the porpoising was still pretty decent i mean i mean no matter what you do i think you're gonna have porpoising until they redesign something um but it the frequency is what they're kind of going after either you either have to have it like the same, like the intensity, but you can't have it as frequent, or you can have it more frequent, but you can't have the intensity, which Mercedes has both right now. Hmm. So would there be, I didn't really look into it too much, and I, I didn't know, would there be penalties or something if, if they weren't at a certain you know rate and frequency? Yes, there would be penalties. I don't know what the penalties are going to be, though. And I guess that's that's kind of where I, I did see that, you know, Christian Horner, of course, because it's Christian Horner, uh, he was complaining about it and saying that, well, we don't have that issue. So, you know, why would we need to change anything, you know, if, if for some reason we're above that frequency? But, you know, I guess if they don't have the issue, it's not a problem. But, you know, if for some reason they go down one straightaway and the car, you know, porpoises more than every other time for some reason, if there's a headwind or something like that, or a tailwind that just makes the car act a little bit differently, are they going to get penalized when it's really, it's just, you know, Mercedes and, like, I think Alpha Tauri has it pretty bad, but, like, you know, a couple other teams that have that issue. I think the main problem that Red Bull has with this is they kind of nailed the setup with the porpoising um, dilemma, mm-hmm. and they their problem is, is they I think Christian Horner pointed out that there is a absolute easy way to solve this and that's by raising the ride height of the car it will absolutely solve porpoising um there's nothing to stall out if you have enough air going through there however uh that gets rid of speed and f1 teams they spend millions of dollars trying to gain that speed and they're not going to take away the speed for driver comfort right and i think that's that's kind of the dilemma that teams had was like okay well we do we you know, sacrifice speed so our drivers' backs don't get shattered, or do we just, you know, leave it and make them deal with it? And I think they had been just leaving it and making it deal with it, and that's when the FIA was like, "Hey, you know, hey, maybe, maybe we don't do that anymore." So, yeah, I don't know what to what to think. We'll see how it goes. I think Red Bull is still going to have the advantage because even if they raise the ride height too, they're still going to have an advantage because they did beforehand as well. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, moving on. NASCAR trucks were at Knoxville this weekend. Did anybody watch the highlights from that deal? 
I did not. I did not. I kind of forgot they were at Knoxville until after the race. Yeah, ended. me too. It's easy to forget about everything else when we're at the Outlaw race at Beaver Dam. <laughs> This is true. <laughs> um, I did watch the highlights. Actually, a pretty good race. Uh, they had top. The top groove was actually pretty dominant toward the end of the race, but the bottom groove was kind of good early. But it was side by side pretty much through the field. Uh, Cameron Hover, or, uh, uh, sorry, Carson Hosevar, um, had a dominant race, and then his car or truck, sorry, his truck broke. Uh, which, of course, because it's Carson Hosevar, um, and then. I guess somehow NBC missed Jessica Friesen absolutely flipping in a NASCAR truck on dirt. Uh, they missed that somehow, and uh, we never got a replay of that. So I, I that was kind of neat. I had to go look at pictures of it. Um, but then eventually, I believe it was Todd Gilliland that took the win. Um, and actually, some of the dirt guys that ran it, Buddy Colfoid was running in the top 10 for most of that race. Um, I don't know if you guys forgot that Buddy Kofoid was racing in that. I did. Yeah. The only reason why I remembered Buddy said something about it on Twitter or Instagram or something. Uh, he was running like 8th, ninth. Uh, he was up front for a little bit, like in the top 5. He kept having really bad restarts, which, I mean, obviously I think you know restarting in a NASCAR truck is a lot different than a sprint car or anything else. But um, he was running in the top 10 most of the day, ended up finishing 11th. Um, definitely the highest of like the dirt. Ringers, I guess you could say. I guess you could call Stuart Friesen a dirt guy, but he's been in a truck for a while now. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good race. Um, Todd Gilliland absolutely tubbed uh, John Hunter Nemechek on a last restart to win, which was pretty neat. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a decent race. I don't. Do the trucks still have a deal at Knoxville for the next few years? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no clue. I actually the one of the reasons I kind of liked it was because it allowed the like the Knoxville regular sprint car guys to kind of go race elsewhere. Like there was a bunch of guys that were at Jackson, and you know it. I'm assuming if you know Rico Abreu, you know he would have just gone to Knoxville with the Outlaws at Beaver Dam. But because I think Except Knoxville for Brian, because he can't leave the porch. Brian Brown was at Jackson. Oh, was he? Uh, yeah, he spun did he out. Do well? He spun out in uh, front of he. Well, he sl- he was sliding Caleb for second, and then uh, spun out in front of him and took them both out. So that was nice. Nice job, Brownie. Just stayed on the porch. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you guys wanted to know that I'm currently going through the trials and tribulations of big time auto racing while I'm listening to you guys talk, yeah, I'm trying to get my door yeah. fixed. Yeah. I got yeah. yeah, yeah, We can tell you. We, we can tell you. Yeah, we can tell you're not at your computer because your mic sounds like you bought it at Aldi's. Ah, well, they're my AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> um anyways but yeah it it was kind of neat because then you had all the knoxville guys at jackson and you know at beaver dam had a pretty good car count both nights so that was that was pretty neat um yeah i don't know i think the trucks to stay at knoxville I, I i actually enjoyed watching the highlights i mean i don't know if watching the actual race was probably a lot more boring but um i don't know if you guys have opinions about nascar on dirt or not what an exciting uh, street stock race i'll tell you that <laughs> Makes an exciting street stock race. Um, I don't know. I was at the first um, um, dirt race at Bristol when Cup Series was there, and I, I don't know. I'm. I know this. I think this year's was better. I think if I mean if it would have been a full race, it would have been better too. But I don't know. I think they need to do. It makes 
some sort of changes to it. I don't know what those changes would be, but when I was there at Bristol, it was just kind of like, meh. It was cool because it was NASCAR on dirt, I think. was That, the... that, was, that, that was the only reason why it was cool. If it would have been like just like a IMCA stock car race, it would have been like, oh, Jesus Christ, when do we go home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it because I think it's good for dirt track racing, but I don't know if it's necessarily good for NASCAR. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's what Richard Petty says where he thinks it takes the sport backwards. I don't think that's true at all. I just don't know if that's like the best showcase for NASCAR racing ever is on dirt. I think right. if they allowed different things for dirt, like if like they could take the windshields out and like instead of having to worry about the Swiffers in the car. Yeah, that's very like insanely stupid that they leave the windshields in. Put some tear-offs on. Take the windshields off so you don't have to have a freaking Swiffer. <laughs> like, I think why I, do you... I do think they need, like, a... If they want to run dirt, like, get a few different dirt tracks to run on throughout the year. And then build a cup car that is specific to dirt. They'll ever do that. Why? It would make, I think that would make the most sense. Because the whole reason they have the next-gen car is to cut back on the specialty cars. Like, they used to have, like, a car for road courses, ro car for short tracks, car for super speedways, you know? Like, then the next-gen car is supposed to, like, solve all that by just offering one car for all these solutions. And I think Dirt was kind of an afterthought because they have 35 races on asphalt and only one race on Dirt. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but I then then you need, like you guys said, you need to you need to let the teams make changes or implement changes for the dirt race to those cars, like easy changes that can be you know done. I mean, I don't think the taking the windscreen out is an easy change because I think it's kind of part of the structure of the car, is it not? That I have no idea. I've never yeah, been up close to a next gen car. I mean, I thought I, I, I haven't either. But I just thought I heard on door bumper clear one time they were saying it's not just like you can't just pop the windscreen out like it's part of the. Yeah, like, but those guys just hate dirt racing too. Like Brett yeah. Griffin was absolutely tearing it apart. Freddie Kraft, I think, enjoys it. I mean, I know he goes to dirt races and stuff like that when you know when he's not, you know, doing NASCAR stuff. But I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I it's kind of, the whole like NASCAR dirt debate is it's kind of a hot one. Obviously, whenever NASCAR does race on dirt, but I don't know. I enjoy watching it. I don't know if I'd enjoy all of it, especially you know like the NASCAR. I I do think that the NASCAR race last year at Bristol was awful. I think the racing was just terrible, but I think it was better this year. And then. Obviously, the the truck race at Knoxville last year was just a complete wreck fest, um, but yep. it, that was better this year too. So, I don't know. But moving on, we had a little a little deal over at Beaver Dam this last weekend called the World of Outlaws. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, um, but I had fantastic two day show. We had great weather both days. Um, Friday was just mind blowing. I think we all left there a little bit. Kind of, I don't know if it was in shock or just like just flabbergasted. <laughs> I don't know. You guys uh, just like take turns, like just describing the Friday Outlaw show. 
I guess I'll, I'll go I'll first. <laughs> you yeah, you can at go the same first. time. Go ahead, Will. Um, it's been a while since I've been to an all-hour race because normally the ones that are near me are on Saturday nights, mm-hmm. and um, I've been busy almost every Saturday night for the past six years, and um, I like it holds up. Like I've been to like an all-hour race since I've started racing, but I I was at one at Eldora and some not, like, Wisconsin tracks, but at a track that I'm kind of familiar with right down the road, only 15 minutes from my house, it, like, blew my mind. I know the track was absolutely juiced up and had so much grip, but, like, seeing all those guys there and, like, and, like, I know the, like, there are some competitive Wisconsin sprint car racers out there, but when you do it 90 times a year like the Outlaw guys do, they're just so much well, so much more well-prepared and they like appear way faster, and I think Sheldon proved that with the fact that he set a new track record on Friday night. Oh, and then the fact that in the feature too. I mean, on Friday night, he ran an 11-0 in qualifying. He was running a, what 11-4s, 11-5s in the feature. Yeah, it was like 11-5s I mean, and 11-7s like consistently. Ah, that was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that was. <laughs> When it was still hammered down after the heat races and then in the B and then before the A, like, I, that's when Tish and I kind of looked at each other like, yep, this was, yep, good idea to leave the car at home. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I think in the heat race, of, like, or the heat races, a few IRA guys, you know, junk their stuff at non-points races, at a non-points race and tore up a bunch of equipment. Granted, a few of them came back for the second night, but... You know, I, you know, if you have the money to do that, great. But you know, if you don't, I think that's why a lot of guys did leave their stuff at home. And granted, there were, I think, what were there, 15, 16 IRA guys there, which was really cool. Yeah, it was cool to see. But you know, you, that's that's the risk that you take going to those outlaw shows or you know any shows outside of the IRA is like you know you you risk wrecking equipment and especially on a hammer down racetrack like it was on on Friday. Oh, I would have been so screwed. so i haven't been to an outlaw race since beaver dam 2017 and i like to think that i know a little more about race cars and racing in general now since 2017 since i kind of do it and i didn't do it back then and um i i was i just kept looking over at tyler and lauren and will and i was like holy shit like (laughs) you think you're hauling us or you think you watch IRA guys, IRA guys go fast, and then the outlaws come, and it's hammered down for the feature. And we're standing, like, even Saturday night when the track was dry, like, me and Tish are standing, you know, what, 10 feet from the racetrack on the railing at Beaver Dam, and it's just like, it. it I mean, it's just insane. And knowing as much as I know about racing now compared to when I saw an outlaw show the last, I was just, I was bewildered. I had no idea what to do with myself. I was just happy to be there. I think it's more impressive now, like, and you know the outlaw Knowing shows. What it takes? Yeah, the outlaw shows I that I've seen. Tired in the past. Watching. Yeah, like, like I've seen outlaw shows. Like the first one I ever saw was at Angel Park, like in person, and well, not counting the outlaws when they came to Plymouth twice in like 2004 and 2005 when I was like seven years old and didn't know what the heck I was watching. But like that Angel Park show blew my mind. But it 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 blows my mind even more now because I know what I do know and about racing and i know guys that do it but 
to see those guys do it at that level and especially especially Friday night like obviously Saturday was more a display of racecraft which was amazing to see as well just the sliders that come within inches of each other and they just act like it's just old hat like that it's just unbelievable but then Friday to keep it floored for 30 laps and I know there were some stoppages and stuff but just there was a couple there were a couple like you know seven, 10 lap green flag runs and just to do it, just keep it floored on a extremely demanding surface. And like Beaver Dam, I don't think is an easy track to race on just from talking to other guys about, you know, what they have to do to race there and be good. But just to do that on a surface like that and just see it in person and then for them to still be making moves in lap traffic and the fact that Carson Macedo actually caught Sheldon with like two to go and tried to make a move for the lead like I just can't even I couldn't wrap my head around it and I know you guys you know I was talking to you guys when we were walking out and you know Will you know you're like I think I you know I could get in and try it but just the the level that they do it at like to it's one thing to be out there by yourself you know and run a good qualifying lap or something we were talking about that on saturday but it's one thing to go out there by yourself run a good qualifying lap or in hot laps or whatever but then when there's 23 other drivers on the racetrack and try to make moves and go forward is just it just blows my mind yeah i i was watching that and uh, I, it was, and I was, I'm, I'm still like at a loss for words of like how glad I am that I wasn't racing there on Friday night. Cause <laughs> I mean, we were full on planning on racing that and, oh, I don't know. Yeah. No. Do you want to maybe explain to, uh, the people why you didn't race it? Um, so we have... Just tell them to watch the highlights from Friday. Well, but prior to that, because obviously the yeah. car was at home. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, um, we only have the one, the one dash 12. So, I mean, to begin with, we're down on horsepower a little bit. I mean, once, if this thing like Saturday, we probably, we would have been fine. But Friday with it being hammered out all night, we would have been screwed, which we didn't know but so we just want to do that save up on equipment because obviously like lauren was saying too i mean there's a chance of any track you're at that's non-points i mean you risk junking your shit and like that's not worth it to go out run maybe make a thousand to start the show and but you could junk junk your car so we just kind of figured we'll save wear and tear on the car, save wear and tear on the motor. And our thought was, you know, with two races left of the year, we'd pop a motor and then go, wow, I really wish we went to rain those outlaw shows now. <laughs> yeah. So, And I, I don't think people realize too, like yeah, everybody knows or not everybody, but a lot of people, you know, understand that it's a lot of money to just make an outlaw show. I think on, on Friday it was, 800 or 900 and then 900 and then saturday was a grand but to not make the show it's peanuts yeah so you run that peanuts at you probably might as well (laughs) they might as well uh so it's you know that's that's another risk you take is if you don't make the show you know you're you're spending a lot of money to go race 
for a non-points deal that you're not going to get anything anything back for at the end of the year. At least at IRA shows, you know, every time you show up to a race, you get you know 60 show up points, which is at the end of the year that's 60 bucks in your pocket, and, and then plus whatever other points you get throughout the night, and then tow money and payout and stuff like that. But yeah. without I, uh, it's completely different. I also just didn't want to make a complete ass out of myself, so uh, I figured I'll get some more seat time in a 410 get the hang of it a little bit more and then go out when I feel like half ass confident that I can rip around there and make the show rather than, Oh, I hope I don't get lapped three times in my heat race. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you would have had as good a shot as anybody on Saturday, just the way that track was. But, but then you also, you sent your shocks in to get, you know, checked out. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't even have shocks. So, but I mean, that was, that was a decision that. you made after, you know, after the, after you made the decision not to race right. Beaverdam, obviously. Right. But so, st- I mean, you couldn't even, you could have gone, if you could have slapped those pro shocks on that deal and just sent it, but. Popped that three pros and a QA1 on and we're ready to rip. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next big thing for Wisconsin racing is coming up this weekend. USAC 410 non-wing sprints at Wilmot. That's going to be a cool show. I don't know if any of us are going to it or not. Uh, I'm going. I probably won't go to Wilmot. I'll go to, ah, I don't know. That's going to be cool. It's a uh, Plymouth has off this weekend. I don't know, uh, Trevor, I don't know if you're right. Well, we could talk a little bit about what, you know, Trevor, what what's going on with you. Um, I've and, broken it myself. Yeah, and your t- kind of timetable to come back a little bit here. Um. So, uh, you know, if anybody pays attention to anything uh, that I do, which surprises me that people do. Um, I had a rough one in practice this year. Um, I hit the wall at Mach three and um, <laughs> I was there. And, I saw uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good one, right? I, yeah. I at least made it look sexy. Yeah. Um, so I hit the wall and ever since I hit the wall, I've had leg pain and I've just been dealing with it because that's just how I am. And I, you know, I've raced through two concussions now. Um, and, I, and I don't like to be out of my car when we spend so much time and money on it. Um, but unfortunately, at Plymouth, the third night of the year, um, I stood up after the feature and my knee decided it didn't want to be a part of the Frank Motorsports program anymore. Um, so I had a bunch of pain, went to the ER. They couldn't figure anything out, um, had to wait an ungodly long time for a specialist appointment. And then now I had my MRI last Wednesday and I was told today, I won't know until this Wednesday um, how bad it is because my doctor is in Florida on a, on a boat somewhere. So I won't know um, until Wednesday, but right now my timetable for return is just uh, whenever my doctor gets back from Florida so that he can tell me what's wrong with my leg. Um, They think it's my meniscus. Uh, They don't know that for sure. But that is what all signs point to. Um, if it is completely torn through, that is worst and best case scenario. Worst case being uh, I'll need a knee replacement at some point in my life because it's like not putting oil in a motor uh, when you have no meniscus in your knee. So eventually my bones will just not want to work. Um, but the timetable for return is you're on crutches for three days and you can walk normally in three weeks. Uh, as opposed to if I get it repaired, uh, it'll be about three months that I'm in a brace. And then I have to relearn how to walk again. So that that would put me out for the season. Um, so we're kind of just waiting at this point. Um, obviously, we are all going to at Will's. Well, I don't think Will's going to professional plating day. Are you? No, no. Okay. I don't um, even know what so, that is. 
<laughs> yeah, weird. Uh, so me, Tyler, and Lauren will be at Professional Plating Day this Wednesday. Um, so my car will be there. Obviously, it still looks at just about as good as it did because it's only raced three nights and it only has a door scratch here that I'm staring at still angry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, right now it's mostly about trying to almost kind of please sponsors because I'm not racing. So, like, when stuff like PPI Day comes up, I feel like I got to be there because I'm not racing. Um, I should be about 12 or 13 nights into my year at this point. And um, it sucks. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time on this car, and I can't race it. Um, even if I tried to race through pain, I'm worried that I would hurt myself worse and put myself in a worse situation. Um, and I haven't necessarily taken my health seriously ever. Um, so I figured, you know, I'm getting older and I know that sounds weird to say, but, uh, you know, I, I haven't, oh, well, I haven't taken my health serious for my life. So 22 years. Oh, so now I feel like it's time to start taking it serious. Um, especially with a knee, uh, one day I want to have kids and be able to run around with my kids. And if I don't have a knee, that's going to be pretty rough to do. Um, and racing is not worth that to me. So, um, I'm trying to take it serious. As you guys know, it's been a struggle especially just with all the other stuff going on that I can't drive the race car. It sucks. But uh, I have been being able to vent through the new podcast we've been doing. So that's been helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just hoping that it's something really dumb and it's not what they think it is. And I can return this coming Saturday at Beaver Dam. But if not, then, well, so be it, I guess, right? Yeah. And, you know, we hope you get back out on the track here pretty soon. But obviously you got to do what the doctors tell you to do. So, or... In this case, yeah, they get, wait, they be wait, wait until the doctor tells you what to do. <laughs> it's ah. Kind of a weird situation, but yeah, I, um, I hate waiting. Um, yeah, especially when it comes to my health, I feel like it's just really annoying to have to sit here. Like, like I said, I'm I'm out in the garage right now. That's why I haven't been talking much because I've been trying to get the car ready. But I had to put the door back on, and I got to make sure it's charged so that I can drive it. You know, to the PPI thing and. Um, I do encourage anybody that's listening to come out to the professional plating day in Brilliant, Wisconsin, uh, 10 to six. Uh, I have to, I feel like I have to plug them at this point because Larry's been so good to me and all I've given him is a mediocre ninth place and three nights of racing. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, I'm just ready to get back to it. I've been telling you guys, we've been eye racing so much and I'm like, God, I really want to do this in real life again. Um, so hopefully the results come back faster than, uh, my, doctor's hangover is cured from you know being in florida but whatever <laughs> no kidding it's fine it's just my life enjoy your pina coladas asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um so after this weekend's wilmot show uh with usac the next big thing for wisconsin racing will be the nascar kickoff night at the plymouth dirt track at the sheboygan county fairgrounds with the ira 410 sprint cars 5000 to win a main uh, that was a really, really cool show last year. Also, I had the most badass trophy I've ever seen in my entire life. I think it was sick. A um, lot of big names already confirmed, and some of them confirmed that we can't say on air, which is kind of neat. Correct, um, Trevor? Correct. We can't say them on air? All right, I guess I just didn't say anything. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't say them. I'm going to say that we can't say them. Uh, but however, you want to. Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there's there's a couple names that are the names that you're thinking of that is yes. Yes. Um, however, you're either way, folks, buy a damn ticket. 
uh, go to that race or watch it on Flow Racing, um, but preferably go to it to help out, you know, the track and support your local racing, racing, race tracks and race series. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a heck of a night. The IRA 410 Sprint Cars, along with the uh, usual Plymouth 360s, will be on the card that night. And then the World of Outlaws are at uh, Cedar Lake on that Friday and Saturday for Fourth of July weekend. That's always a pretty pretty cool show. So. After that, I think that's just about it for Aggressive Goes Around. We've been recording this new segment for about half an hour now, so people are probably... I was going to say, people are probably not listening at this point. Yeah, that's fine, but if you're still with us, we're going to get out of the new segment and get into Slaw Job. When you need to ship it from anywhere to anywhere, the LTL Freight Logistics Specialist for your small business. We simplify shipping, eliminate those surprise charges, and negotiate the best rates from most LTL qualified carriers. Special residential and liftgate rates available for automotive and ag implements. The company that actually cares about the American small business owner. Use the promo code SHIPIT and get 10% off your first shipment. Startup is so easy. Get quote and ship today qualityfreightrate.com two kyle bush and here comes larson larson to the bottom of the track Slide job trying to take the lead away Slide job. all right it's time for a slide job slide job slide job say uh, slide job in the intro of this one yes uh it's the it's the clip of of uh, Junebug saying it, of course. Slide job. <laughs> uh, where we pick our favorite move from the past week of racing. Uh, mine's not really a move. I don't know if you guys have one or not. Uh, but mine's just Russell Borland being the Lightning Leprechaun and being the Hard Charger on Friday night at Beaver Dam. Went pl- went plus eight. Granted, he was helped out a little bit by some carnage, but still. Plus eight with the World of Outlaws. I think he finished 15th. I think he started 23rd. So yes. top 15 with the Outlaws is nothing to sniff at. So pretty cool. Uh, also, Jake Lackhurst on Sunday, I forgot about that. He won the B main and then finished like 11th or 12th or something. 12th. Yeah, 12th? Yes. So he went, what would that be, 21st to 12th? That's a good run. Yeah. Plus nine. So yeah, IRA guys, you know, they've been showing out this year against, you know, the traveling series. Obviously, the Outlaws are just a different great game to pretty much everybody. Um, you know, obviously, it, it, you're not going to have Danny Schlafer almost win the Outlaw race like he did at the All-Star race. Also, Danny Schlafer just wasn't there, so maybe that was why. Maybe if he was there, he would have won. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Legally, he could. Yeah, I, I was waiting for you legally, to say legally. Tish, yeah. legally. <laughs> Jesus. Um but no, I thought that was pretty cool. Russell, you know, he's a good he's a good buddy of ours and he's a cool dude. So good to see him get some you know, get some reward and obviously some some uh social media time with the uh the lightning leprechaun stuff with the outlaws. That's pr- that's pretty neat. Jesus. <laughs> Did you guys have any favorite move from the past week of racing? Anything that stood out to you? Um You know, I'd, I wasn't even at the race, but I I was like kind of shocked that um if I found it like cool that um Brabant that Tyler Brabant was able to like go from flipping in the heat to was it in his heat he flipped? Yep. 
Yeah, going from flipping in his heat then to getting back out for the B, transferring out of the B, and then going back into the A, and then going, what was it, 21st to 12th? Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty remarkable for the kind of the type of year well years that he's been having <laughs> yeah how many times has he won the the msa hard luck award now yes he is three time in defending three times i thought it was twice twice in a row oh my giddy aunt. yeah that's that's too much <laughs> oh lordy he, who did he piss off in a former lifetime that this is <laughs> this, this is what's happening yeah, I have no idea. That's unreal, but yeah, that's that's a pretty cool deal. I we we all love Braymant, so it's nice to see him rebound like that, and also just the the mental fortitude to just go back out there after that is it's, that's pretty neat. Um, also, speaking of mental fortitude, I got we got to uh, shout out Justin Miller a little bit. You know, coming back after you know some actually two really bad wrecks in a row, um, and then obviously the really bad one that basically canceled two weeks of racing at Plymouth um and then he came back and where did he finish in the A main was like no it was behind me Uh, um of course it was (laughs) (laughs) no I was ninth Hattie was 10th Winkle was 11th Brabant was 12th um I, I don't know uh, regardless know regardless of where he finished the fact they got that you know the car put together and then back out for another week of racing and the fact that Justin got back in at all is I mean I I, I can't even fathom that I know for you guys as racers that's just what you do but you know for for me just the average Joe that's that's a pretty cool deal and I, I think it's really impressive um but we're gonna move on from slide job now and we're going to get into our quick time interview with Cap Henry. We already recorded it. Spoiler alert. Uh, but he talks about some pretty cool stuff. Um, he's a cool dude. We had a good time talking to him. So we're going to get into our Cap Henry interview on quick time. Number one for Kyle Larson. Quick time. It's a 10 145. Can he get under that track record? Second left time for Larson. It's a nine second lap. We have a new track record. All right, welcome back. And we're here with Quick Time with Cap Henry. Cap, welcome into the Discord channel. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, so we'll get started right away with the questions. So, uh, you know, we know what you do and where you're from and, you know, how what you race and series you're with and all that cool stuff. But uh, for those people that are listening that maybe don't know who you are, uh, just give us a little bit of background. You know, how'd you get started in racing uh, and how'd you get to where you are now? Um, so my grandpa, uh, my uncle, and my dad all raced um, like SCCA type road course cars. Um, I started go-kart racing when I was five years old and, um, Craig Mintz and his dad last actually gave me my first start in, uh, sprint cars when I was 14 and I started, you know, that's, I've been sprint car racing since then. Wow. I didn't, I had no idea that your family had background in road course racing. That's actually kind of interesting because we're all pretty big road course fans as well. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you said you got, you know, got in touch with the minces and stuff like that, but what did, was there ever a point in your career where you had to decide, like, am I going to like race road course stuff or do I go dirt track? And why did you choose sprint cars as your, 
you know, your forte? Um, so actually before I was started sprint car racing, I was actually, um, shifter cart racing on the West coast doing the all-star or not the all-star, the, it was the, um, stars of karting. That's what it was called. Um, I was running shifter carts. Um, and I had dabbled in both, um, the whole time I had shifter cart raced, I had dirt oval raced, um, done both. Um, and the shifter cart deal just wasn't, it wasn't really going anywhere anymore. And, um, my dad had been sponsoring Craig Mintz for a couple years and um, they were kind of like, well, how about you give this a try? Um, so they stuck me in the car and you know, I'll be honest, when I first started running the sprint car, I started on pavement because I wasn't old enough to run dirt and uh, I really wasn't a big fan of it. I thought it was kind of dumb to be honest, <laughs> um, but I grew to really like it and um, I liked how tough it was and you know the learning curve it required and so yeah, there was that point where I kind of had to decide, you know, instead of doing the road course deal anymore where we focused on you know, sprint car racing. And, um, I'm really glad that I chose the path I did. That's awesome. And then how did you get in touch with the lane racing guys? And obviously they have an awesome deal with Blake's hard cider and all that cool stuff. And I love all the, the Blake's farm car stuff. And how'd you get in touch with them? And you know, how did that ride come about for you? Um, so the lane deal actually came, um, my direction through another driver that had actually, um, Brian Smith had been driving the car for him to start the uh, 2017 season. And I had been running the B-dubs car at the time. Um, mm. And I, me and the B-dubs team just, you know, it was a mutual agreement that we kind of decided it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't the right thing for either of us anymore. So um, I came home and I didn't really have a ride at that point. Um, so I had seen that on Facebook of all places that Brian had decided he didn't, uh, he had parted ways with the lanes um, so I gave him a call and he put me in touch with the lanes and, um, you know, I went up there and put my seat in their one car they had at the time. And here we are now. That's awesome. And obviously, you know, you guys all now run the all-star tour full time. What's that like? And, you know, what's your, like your favorite part about, you know, being on tour with the all-stars and maybe some of the, the not so good parts too. Um, I mean, my favorite parts, just the the level of competition and the fact that you're always seeing new places um, and just racing with guys that are so good, it just pushes you to be better and better and better. Um, and equally at times, that's the most frustrating part is we went from a season where we won 12 races um, racing locally and won some all-star shows. And then we joined the all-star deal in 2021 and we went from winning 12 races in a year to we won two um you know so it was a big reality check in where our program actually was at um but i like it it's a good challenge um it's pushing me and zach and the car owner brett and our crew to you know to just always be better and i know it's a level we can accomplish so then along with the all-stars you have a lot of like multi-race weekends obviously and all national touring series do um, you know, whether it's just a three race weekend, like you guys had up here in Wisconsin, just not that long ago, or something huge, like this past week with Ohio sprint speed week. And actually it's like over a couple weeks, which I think is really cool, but there's, that's gotta, you know, wear on a team and wear on a driver. Like how, what kind of toll does that take on, on you as a driver and, and your team? Um, I mean, it's just kind of wears everybody out. Um, you know, and it, it depends on how your weekends and your week goes. Um, you know, we've been pretty, um, lucky that realistically we haven't had too many issues. Um, 
so it's it hasn't been too bad the guys can keep up on the maintenance and make sure that stuff's not falling apart um you know we were parked next to bill Baylog most of ohio speed week and that poor guy had the most miserable week <laughs> and i've been there and like when you're in that situation it wears you out and it gets to the point where you can't stand the people you're around but uh you know, I've been really lucky that we haven't had anything like that. And, um, you know, my guys, everybody gets along really well. So it makes it, it makes it really easy for me. Yeah. And then obviously like we, we experienced it when you guys, you know, came up here and, and race with the IRA. And I think that's such a cool deal, but the camaraderie with those, the national touring series and between, you know, whether it's certain teams or just all the teams in general, I think it's really cool how everybody helps each other out. And, you know, what's that like being a part of that whole deal and, you know, knowing that it's not just your own guys that, you know, are willing to help you out every night. It's really cool. Um, it's one of those deals like we're all competitors, but we want to beat the other person on the racetrack. We don't want to beat them because they couldn't get on the racetrack. Um, you know, so just to have, it's cool to always see the groups of guys in the work areas and we see other teams helping, you know, change engines or front ends and stuff like that. Um, it, it's nice to see that, you know, as teams, we can all remember that we need to help each other. So it's, it's really cool to see. And I know, you know, you guys, when you were up here, you guys helped out Tyler, who's in here as well. Hi, Tyler. Hi. <laughs> you guys helped him out quite a bit and that was that was really cool to see. And, and what's, what's that kind of like when you go, when, you know, when you go to like, let's just use Wisconsin as an example. I know the all-stars go all over, but, and you have like a really good crop of local competition. And, you know, is that, is there any like added pressure? Like, okay, I'm the, you know, we're the national touring guys. Like, you know, we, you know, need to put on a good showing against, you know, the local talent. Is there any like added pressure that way? Um, to me, there's not because you just, no matter what you want to go out there and you just, you want to be the best. So to me, you don't really, um, you don't really focus on the, you know, the extra local cars. Um, you're just trying to win, you know, whatever it takes. And, you know, we've got a pretty good idea of how our format works and what it takes to be successful. So for me, I don't really focus on, you know, extra cars when we go places. Gotcha. And, uh, looking back on your career so far, like what, what has been, your most memorable moment, whether it's a win or just like a, like a moment behind the scenes or, you know, something else like what, what's been the most memorable moment of your career so far? Um, the number one most memorable thing was probably when we won, um, the Ohio speed week show at Attica, um, in 2020. Um, I'm from at, or I'm not from Attica, but Attica is my home track. Um, you know, so I had come close to winning a couple Ohio speed week shows there over the years and just never did it. Um, and then actually led early in the race and lost the lead on a restart and only gained it back within the last five laps. Um, you know, so at that time, you know, we weren't a full-time all-star car. So to be one of the local cars and to win the, you know, the Ohio speed week opener was a, it was a really big deal. And it was something that meant a lot to me personally. That's awesome. And, you know, you talk about Attica being your home track. Ohio's, like, I think one of – I wouldn't say it's really overlooked, but I'd say it's pretty underrated in terms of just the sheer amount of sprint car racing that goes on there. You know, what's it what's it like, you know, being from that area and having that, like, level of local talent around and then add in the All-Stars, you know, a lot throughout the year? You know, that's that's got to be a pretty cool deal being 
in such a hotbed for sprint car racing. Yeah, it was always nice. Um, you know, just in the fact that you could, we could race a lot. Um, and we never really had to travel more than, you know, two hours from our shop. Um, you know, and there are, there are a lot of really good guys. Um, there's some other good small series um, like that AFCS deal. Um, the fast series, you know, that, that help make sprint car racing big. There's a lot of local tracks that run four tens every week. Um, you know, so it, it was really good with the lane car from our period of 2017 through 2020, um, that we got to race a lot in our area and help grow the, you know, grow the team and get experience, but we were still close to home and it, it was just a, it was a good location for us. Absolutely. All right, we're going to get into some quick hit questions now. I think Will Will's oh, going to have I, the first. Oh, go ahead. I do have one thing. So um, I was behind you at both uh, hot lap sessions at Wilmot, and as I was watching your car get further and further away, um, <laughs> I kept I, I noticed a uh, Blake's Farm car in the back. I was kind of wondering what the backstory was on that. Um, so the farm car comes from – it's actually it's actually super simple. Um, so the Blake's – hard cider is part of the blake's farm family um they actually have their own farm where they grow the fruit and you know a lot of other things um but that's where it's from it's just that you know blake's farm is what started everything for them so it's essentially just you know the blake's hard cider is a part of the farm also it wasn't as deep as i was thinking then <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a long time to look at the back of a back of the back of the number four car. So and then and then, and then it got then, and then it got smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> All right, so Will's gonna have the first quick hit question here. Okay, absolutely. So uh, first quick hit question: Hammer down or slick to a curb for a racetrack? Slick to a curb, so you can actually pass somebody. I, that's the that is the correct answer. Um, big half mile or quarter mile bull ring? Quarter mile boring. Flow or dirt vision? Flow. Yeah, that's that's also. It, I, I think has, you have to, you has, have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, best track food. Uh, definitely the Eldora pizza burger. See, that's that's the first one we've had that said El, something from Eldora. So I've never had the Eldora pizza burger. If you had to like describe it in a few words, like you know what what would you what would you describe it? It's just like a really good pizza burger. Like, it's like it tastes like you went to a. It tastes like you went to a restaurant. It doesn't taste like you're standing at a track that used a microwave or you know anything else to make their food. <laughs> I don't know how else you wanted him to explain. I don't. That. I don't know. I've just never had one, so I was just. I was just interested. Um, all right, Will's got the next one. Uh, what's your favorite part about being on the road? Um, just seeing all the different racetracks. Um, you know, it used to be always seeing the new places, but I've been doing this for a long time and we don't, I don't see so many new places anymore, but you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's good because you get to reset. Um, you're not focused on the fact that you've run the same two tracks all year and you've struggled at both of them. You just get a reset. You see somewhere new and try again. Do you have a favorite track to go to? Um, probably Waynesfield Raceway Park or Lincoln, Pennsylvania. Wow. So what what what, oh, about, what about those tracks that like you like so much? Um, they're just tracks that over the years I've done really well at, um, and I just feel really fit my style and how I like to drive the car. Um, both of them, you have to be really aggressive and just you know get with it and make things happen. And they're just places I've always had fun going to over the years, no matter what. 
This is a, uh, not a quick hit question. I'm going off topic a little bit, but do you see any similarity? So just watching like Ohio Speed Week the past week, I, I saw a lot of similarity between some of the Ohio racetracks and some of the tracks we have here in Wisconsin. And I know maybe, you know, you probably have limited experience on the tracks up here, but um, do you see any similarity between, you know, that style of like that bull ring, you know, slick to a curb type, you know, aggressive racing racetracks uh, as to the ones we have here in Wisconsin? Yeah, I definitely say there's a little bit of mild similarity. Um, I've never raced on anything that compares to Wilmot. Um, Plymouth kind of compares a little bit to some of the tracks out here. Um, Angel Park's a little bit different than anything just because it's just so flat and round. Um, I'd say Cedar Lake is a lot like Attica. Um, I don't really remember Beaver Dam um, to really compare it to anything. But just in general, the way they race um, is similar to our stuff out here. Gotcha. And then uh, last quick hit question. Uh, I usually ask wing or non-wing. Have you done any non-wing racing in your time on dirt? I've only ever, I think, three non-wing starts ever in my whole career. Um, so I have to say wing car racing only because out of the three times that I crashed or I raced a non-wing car, I crashed once and it hurt for like a week. So I, <laughs> I just don't think that's where I'm meant to be. That sounds like my sport mod career. Yeah. <laughs> don't even start with sport mod career. <laughs> All right. Is there yeah. anything? I oh, have a, this is this is completely like off the uh, off the topic here. But yeah. is there anything in dirt racing that yet that you want to try, or like something that you haven't done yet that you want to? Or do you um, wanna... I'd like to go out and race in California once. Um, do like Tulare or Chico or something like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I'd like to run a dirt midget somewhere on a short track. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. I'd like to run a silver crown car once somewhere on a mile. Um, and I'd really like to try racing a big block modified somewhere. You know, that's kind of my bucket list of things eventually I'd like to do. Wow. The big block modified is the first one. Um, is there any big block modified racing like in Ohio? I know it's a like an East coast type deal, but is there anything close to you? I guess the closest thing would be PA. Yeah, probably somewhere in Pennsylvania. You know, Western PA's got like some of the the crate style big blocks, mm. uh, but to run an actual big block, I think I'd, it's be like New York or somewhere on the East Coast. Gotcha. I have a sport mod right open at the moment. If you want to try that, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, it's a three link and it sucks, and you have to be really good at momentum racing. But hey, it's <laughs> nobody else is driving I'm it. Bad at. <laughs> yeah me too don't worry <laughs> all right cap we really appreciate you coming on here today and uh this last little part of the interview is going to be if uh you have any sponsors or any anybody you'd like to thank this is your time to do so um you know i always got to thank the crew guys um you know zach and brett and aj and brad um you know we had bobby elliott come down and help us during speed week from michigan um always really appreciative of those guys um you know and all the all the girls um, you know, Aaron and Patty and Dana and Karen um, and Jamie, you know, we couldn't do it without them doing all their little things behind the scenes and, uh, you know, taking care of us and, you know, selling merchandise and, you know, and just you know, all the people that helped the Blake's Hard Cider car out. Um, you know, we've got the Tony Elliott Foundation, Elliott's Custom Trailers and Carts, um, you know, Kistler Racing Products, Kistler Racing Engines, J&J, KH Suspension with our factory cane stuff. Titan Wings, um, Spanky's Pizza, Premier Planning Services, um, Deschlinger Lanes, 
um, MSC Manufacturing, Pro Auto Wraps, um, Sure Shot Tap House, The Whistle Stop, um, Weld Racing. Oh, and I think I got all of them there. Um, you know, just without all those people, we wouldn't be able to do this. And um, just super lucky to have all those people be a part of it and just help us out, you know, year to year. Um, so many of those sponsors have been with us for just years and years since we've been doing this and just really grateful to have those people involved. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and, uh, good luck in the coming weeks here on the all-star tour. No problem guys. I really appreciate it. All right. Cap Henry on the box three pod. When you need a boost of energy, Liquid Nitro. For those sluggish moments when you need a lift, Liquid Nitro. Rev up your day without the crash. Liquid Nitro. Less sugar, less caffeine, better taste. Liquid Nitro. Crack open a can of the best tasting energy drink on earth. Liquid Nitro. Infused with nothing but the finest ingredients, including three herbs and two B vitamins to give you the best quality energy drink your body can handle. Real energy, no bull. Check them out on Facebook or go to Nitro Beverages Oh my goodness, this is fantastic! All right, it's time for This is Fantastic, where each of us recognizes one amazing individual performance or accomplishment from the past week. Um, I have a couple. Um, Obviously, one is Sheldon sweeping Beaver Dam. Um, I think it shows just how hot he is. Not Jesus. He is, he, I, 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 he, I knew is as soon. Hot, I knew as soon as I said it. Uh, <laughs> how on fire he is! Um, the fact that he was able to win at Beaver Dam two nights in a row. Yes, it's the same racetrack. However, those were not the same racetrack. Both nights. Yeah. Friday was hammer down through the middle like never lift, and then Saturday was rip the top, dry slicks. You know absolute dive bombs and all that all that cool stuff you know really technical racetrack they they were both like if you were on the if you if obviously where he was running was around the top and that was just hammered down and if you hit it right it was really fast so i mean that's a very that was a very sheldon type of track mm-hmm. and friday and friday was too it was just cowboy up and don't care if you live or die and yeah just dr- drive it in as hard as you can and hope it sticks yeah. so those are those were very lean towards sheldon but mm-hmm. That was just impressive that he didn't, like, flip his dick off on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my second one is Tim McMullen. Oh, yes. Coming back after 15 years of not being in the seat. Where were Brandon and Mia? Were they at a wedding or something? North Carolina, I think. Yes. So they were – Brandon McMullen and uh, his wife Mia were out of town. And so McMullen Racing Enterprises, you know, they're running for points at Plymouth. And I don't know if they are with MSA or not, but I mean, MSA points is pretty much Plymouth points this year. Um, but so they needed somebody to fill the seat. I know last year I so they they came out and said there was there was going to be a surprise driver. I assumed it was Donnie Gaden because he was supposed to drive that car last year one night and then it rained out. Um, but then I I look after the night's over. And they said it was Tim McMullen, and he put it in the damn show and finished 18th or something. What? Yeah. Like, I I know he was very good in a Super Wing modified, you know, way back in the day. But was, well, this, this ain't no Super Wing modified. He had never driven a sprint car before, before Saturday night. And he put it in the show and finished 18th. That's very impressive. That's unbelievable. 
so good on you, Tim. Good on you know the McMullins for putting him in the car. You know, in the first place. I think that's pretty cool. Um, but if you guys have any like standout performances, you know, from the past week across the world of motorsports, uh, is you know, let, let's hear it. Um, so if I'm being honest, um, the outlaw race and like Brabant not like rebounding were the only things that I followed and will going 17th to 9th. Those are the only things that I followed all weekend. So, um, yeah, so mine would just probably just be able to start with Sheldon. Yeah. Will? I'm a little biased, but uh, just team Brabant Garrett's racing in general. Uh, for getting Tyler back out there after he flipped, and both of us passing uh, a bunch of cars in the A. I'm proud of that and proud of everyone who helped us do it. I was going to say, and just flat out rebounding like from how your whole year is gone. You've blown up how many motors, rear end, flipped how many cars, and so it must have been kind of nice just to have a, like, not necessarily like, a, like, like, yeah, not necessarily like a win like, on paper, but like to you guys mentally, that had to just be a win, pretty much. Yeah, it, it was. It felt pretty good. I mean, it sucks that Ty got upside down in the first place, but other than that, I thought it went okay. I, I mean, it it went good, I should say. Yeah. Now, to be fair to you guys, when when stuff hasn't gone wrong, you've been incredibly fast, like right. very consistent. Like you're, you know, top ten cars, both of you guys. So I think, well, when you guys like had all that bad luck to start the year and then you had to run like one car for a couple weeks, didn't you guys both finish in the top 10? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you <laughs> got fast race cars. They just need to work. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know what happened to me in qualifying. I got stuck behind some cars and. Um, I just couldn't, I got one clean lap in and I feel like if we just luck plays out the whole night, I really can't see why both cars can't be in the top five or at least win a race this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, I think you guys will pick off at least one win, whether it's you or, or Brabant this year. I don't, I don't see a reason why that doesn't happen. Um, you know, you guys have both shown, you know, obviously you with actually with, with winning races, but then Brabant's been, you know, right there fighting for, you know, the top spot. And he's had podiums in the past, especially it's too bad the MSA is not going back to Gravity Park. Because if if you were, I think Brabant would be a shoe in for a podium there. Yeah. I think he's only had one finish there outside the top five. No, his average finish is 3.6. I worked that oh, out so last So he year. hasn't. He, he hasn't had, finished no. outside the top five. No, because the one night that he even had something go wrong, he drove back to third. <laughs> he I drove through the top five twice in one night. It was he, that <laughs> he just loves that place. I mean, he doesn't really actually love it. He just does well. Go. He just does well there. Yeah, he gets there and he's like, oh, I don't want to be here. And then and then he finishes third. <laughs> it's just his. It's just his driving style. A tickle in the tires. Throttle control. Throttle yeah, control. Go. Okay, that we'll call it throttle control. That's fine. Yeah, uh, that's what Thomas Harris calls it, right? We that's uh, Jerry Van Sickle for the cat for the uh, the clash. What are you saying? When everybody was running the bottom and it was just a freight train. It's just we're tickling the tires on a Thursday night. <laughs> He didn't even say it like that. He said, like, and we're tickling the tires at 141 on a Saturday night. 
it's like, wow, that got really creepy really fast. <laughs> so my uh, my standout of the week would be, uh, you guys don't know who I'm about to talk about, but uh, just a, a little shake to Wyatt Block. Uh, he is a very local modified guy running on a tighter budget, and uh, he was fourth in the 10-5, or the 10,500 to win modified show at 141. Uh, kind of one of those unsung nobody knows them kind of guys but uh to top five with the competition there as a local guy who runs shano and 141 and seymour was something i mean that's, he that's cool. he, he had to drive his ass off to do that um considering you know cody laney was trying to go meet the cows on the back stretch yeah <laughs> <to try> to, <laughs> that guy that guy was insane too uh cody laney was just on the top when it was rubber on the bottom and still somehow passing cars um, so those modified guys, they, uh, they get up there and rip just like sprint car guys. They just don't look as cool doing it. Yeah. You guys are weird. I don't know. What are, what are you guys doing? I don't really understand that. Uh, anyways, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the box three pod. You got, you guys got anything else you want to add? Uh, we can talk about that PPI deal a little bit. Uh, that's coming up on this Wednesday. Uh, this Wednesday. episode should go out tomorrow. So yes. So June 22nd from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. It's mm-hmm. so full open house at Professional Plating Incorporated. Which and, me and uh, are both sponsored by. Mm-hmm. Which we are both sponsored by. You can As come is- out and see the Tishner uh, Rough Racing shitbox and the Frank Motorsports shitbox. <laughs> and and, and multiple, multiple other cars that are slightly better than ours. And like, um, Brandon McMullins, yeah, I'd say they're overly average compared to ours. We'll see. Uh, you'll see Travis Aarons' car, Scotty Thiel's car, Brandon McMullins' car. Uh, Chatty Maddie will be going live. Yes. God, I hope Chatty Daddy's there. I was going to say, I would assume Chatty Maddie <laughs> and Chatty Daddy, Daddy will be there. Uh, so that'll be pretty fun. Uh, I'll be there from 10 to noon, but nobody cares about that. Uh, but then I'll, I have to go. What? 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 <laughs> so after, but when I leave, I have to drive straight to Thunder Hill because we have some massive shows at Thunder Hill this week, and I'd be dumb if i didn't bring that up so thunder hill this week wednesday night their usual storm series with uh outlaw carts there's seven or six classes of carts plus 600 600 cc non-wing micros um that show was absolutely incredible last or two weeks ago at thunder hill when they had micros there and then on thursday first night of thursday night thunder um if you've ever seen micro racing or sprint car racing at macon uh, and you think that's pretty cool, uh, go to Thunder Hill or watch, I believe it's going to be on Dirt Race Central, uh, which it's going to be absolutely incredible show. The UMSS non-wing traditional sprints with the 600cc non-wing micros. Um, the format's super cool. There's a lot of money on the line. Um, it's it's going to be nuts. And I, I just be there. I know it's, it's a trek for everybody on this side of the state, but if you can get up there Thursday or watch it on Dirt Race Central... It's going to be a show. Uh, I'm super excited to be up there for it. And uh, I think that's that's about it. You guys got anything else? No, I think that's going to do it for me. Oh, William? No, I'm good. I got everything off my chest. Awesome. Uh, Plymouth is off this weekend, so uh, I guess we'll all find something else to go watch, whether it's if Trevor's healthy enough, if he races at Beaver Dam, or I guess Wilmot USAC show. I think that's kind of the only things we got going on around here. 
Are they um, not? Angel Park they, on Sunday, I'm gonna, too. I'm going to say oh, they're yeah. at Angel Park on Sunday. Angel Park. Oh, the sprints are. Yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I completely forgot about that, along with the I, Badger Midgets. And... There's, there is a 99% chance I'm going to Sunday for sure. Oh, yes. Um, To see the USAC sprint cars back at Angel Park. When was the last time they were at Angel Park? Like 2015. 2015 yeah. Wow. So... Yeah, that's that's gonna be cool. So the USAC non-wing sprints, up, well, non-wing sprints, it's just the USAC sprint cars. Uh, they're up here for a two-race swing. Wilmot Saturday, Angel Park Sunday, and uh, yeah, be there. That's gonna be pretty cool to have Robert USAC. Robert Ballou won the last iteration of it. You think Bobby? Th- I was gonna say, you think will Bobby Ballou be no, there? No, I bet, I bet, I bet. Uh, Chance has been texting him saying, "Hey man, you come up, we will have a place to stay," and I put money on it that. He took the offer. So Robert Probably. Blue very well might be staying with Chance Siskowski. That'd be pretty neat. I'd, I'd love to meet old Bobby Blue. I haven't met him. Tish, you've met him. Interesting, he's, interesting he's guy. Ju- he's just as out of pocket as he is on Twitter. <laughs> good to know. All right, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, Professional Plating, QualityFreighter.com, Liquid Nitro Energy Drink. And we will talk to you next week. Walk, walk, walk.